Welcome to Friends on Air, a podcast presented to you by the Friendship Circle of Pittsburgh. On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with real people. We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what brought them healing and inner peace. In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being. Subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our Friends on Air family. Friends on Air! Hi everyone, I'm Madison and I'll be hosting this month's episode. Hi Madison, I'm Allie. I'm the wellness coordinator at the Friendship Circle. We are talking about a really, really interesting, relevant, timely topic. I'm so excited to delve more into it without giving anything away. Um, really looking forward to hearing from Kara. Hi everyone, I'm Ayala. I'm the Teen Member Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator here at Friendship Circle. And basically that means I just get to hang out with everyone, which is super fun. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Today, we have a very special guest who I know we are all going to learn so much from. Welcome, Kara. Um, Kara, if you want to introduce yourself, we'd love to know a little bit more about you before we get started. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Kara. Um, I am the Friendship Bakery Development Coordinator here at the Friendship Circle. I've been here for about four years, and I actually moved um, to Pittsburgh from North Carolina to work at the Friendship Circle. So a big Friendship Circle stand over here. (laughs) Um, Mainly, I do work with the pop-up bakery and kind of developing next door, but I also work with all of our adult members, and um, my background is in recreation therapy and development psychology so yeah it's a really fun place to work and I have a lot of fun here how long have you been here four, four years. years wow mm-hmm. that it's a fun how did you know that I also like it's early in the morning I everyone. gave everyone a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. a little briefing about me we are doing this podcast at a different time than normal <laughs> listeners um I so don't have coffee yet I also like was very this is probably gonna sound really wild but I read everybody's bio before I worked and like applied in the friendship circle I was like wow they're so interesting and like (laughs) that's actually really smart to do they have like great backgrounds like it really inspired me to work (laughs) at the friendship circle I was like I need to know these people so (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me if I already knew how long I love that you did that All right, Kara, in one sentence, what are you here to talk about today? So obviously, I think COVID hit everyone a little hard. So I think today it's cool to talk about the before, during, and after COVID and how it affected mental health and and mental wellness, really. Perfect. And then before we kind of get into our main segment, um, we always start with a fun question at the beginning of our podcast. It's usually about friendship or just kind of like random things. Um, so we're going to pick from our little cup. <laughs> um, the question today is, what is something cool that you've done in your life? Cool. Do I start? You can start. Amazing. Um, I think the coolest thing I've done recently is I competed in something called Bachelor Live on Stage, which is essentially the the whole cast of The Bachelor goes on tour, and then they do an accelerated version of the season live in one night on stage, and they pick 10 random girls from the audience. Well, you have to audition, but (laughs) they make it seem like they pick 10 random girls from the audience, so I competed, and not only did I compete but I won wow. <laughs> so Wait, I 
one a couple months ago in oh April. My gosh, mm-hmm. I did not realize. And some families from Friendship Circle were in the crowd. So <laughs> it was really cool. But um, yeah, the crowd was cheering my name. I really got a lot of um, a lot of fun experience and I won the final rose. And my boyfriend did say it was okay if anyone <laughs> <is> wondering. <laughs> That's really cool. It was really cool. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I have like I have follow up questions for that, but yeah. <laughs> it's not a bachelorette. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, I think just moving a lot, like getting comfortable with moving as oh. a as a kid. Like I moved from Georgia to Florida, and I lived in Florida for a while, where I moved a lot a lot of times during that um, period of my life. Then I moved to North Carolina and Tennessee, and then I moved to Pittsburgh. So I feel like just getting comfortable with change is like a wow. cool thing. Yeah, that's really that's cool. a good skill to have. But not as cool as a bachelorette. Also, relevant to mental health. So probably one of the coolest things I've ever done was swam in the Dead Sea in Israel. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool to float. That is cool. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't done it, you just like sit and then you're like floating. <laughs> like there's no way you can stand. Yeah. You're just like on the top. That's really cool. Did it's because it's so salty, it's right? Yeah. yeah. Also, like if you have cuts, you are like dying. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So good. Or like if you just shaved your legs or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Painful. Yeah. Just be hairy. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, guys. Yeah. Um. One of the coolest things I've done, well, I'm, I, I guess I'm thinking I'm actually going out of the country next week. So I think I'm going to have super cool experiences this summer. Where so are you going? I'm going to Israel to like be a, do archaeology something, Ooh. which will be cool. And then I'm going to South America. So I'm excited for that. I really like animals. So I'm excited to see some monkeys. Fine. I think that'll be a cool thing. What's your dig going to be about? Like, what are they trying to find? I have, like, zero clue. That's so exciting. <laughs> really cool. I hope it's dinosaurs. I don't... No, it's definitely not dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. Like, I can tell you yeah. Yeah, <laughs> On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a very relevant topic to probably all of our listeners. Um, I'm sure all of us can relate to our mental health being impacted, like, in some way by COVID-19. Um, so Kara, has the pandemic affected your mental health and how would you say it has evolved from pre to kind of post, I guess, pandemic? Yeah, it's a great question. And like you said, very relatable, I think, to a lot of people. Um, I've struggled with anxiety, you know, since college. I think a lot of us kind of settle into our adult life and realize that anxiety, you know, just is prevalent. For some people, it's more of a problem than others. Um, and so I think before the pandemic, it was just kind of something I knew that I had to deal with. But the pandemic, you know, really, I think, kind of hit a lot of people hard. And for me, what kind of happened was I all of us went from having a life that we knew and that was somewhat predictable to a life that we didn't know and was not at all predictable. And so I think that experience just kind of turned a lot of people on their heads. And for me, I moved back in with my mom for a few months, and that was kind of bringing up a lot of... I guess unresolved feelings, you know, a lot of us, um, when we go back to our childhood spaces, are reminded of things that we maybe dealt with or didn't deal with while we were there. And I think for me, it was just all these stressors of being back in my hometown and back with my family were kind of arising in addition to just experiencing life as we knew it not around anymore. So it was just kind of a multitude of factors. But I think what's really interesting about my 
journey in particular is I didn't really realize how bad it was until the pandemic was lightening up. So the pandemic started in March of 2020, and I didn't really get diagnosed with any sort of mental health disorder until February of 2021. So it was really almost a whole year of me experiencing this intense anxiety and and not really realizing how intense it was until I had the opportunity to take a breath. And I think when I was looking back and thinking, wow, like my mental health really wasn't good. Wow. I was really sad. Like, wow, I was dealing with a lot of things I hadn't dealt with before. I deserve to not deal with those things anymore. Let me see what I can do next. But I had to be really in the trenches for a really long time to realize that I had a problem or that there was a problem occurring in my life. And I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the luxury of fixing that problem until the world somewhat decided to go back to normal. Um, and obviously it's still not completely back to normal, but that's kind of where, where I had to, where the rubber met the road for me. (laughs) How long did it take you to, um, like seek that help? I think it was almost a full year. So obviously I've had anxiety my whole life and I've kind of known that. So, um, you know, it was really bad when I was a really little kid and then it went away completely until like my senior year of college, but it was fine. It was manageable. I obviously, you know, I had certain days that were worse than others, but every day wasn't bad. And when I realized that every day had been bad for about 11 months, that's when I was like, okay, maybe we should talk to somebody about it. (laughs) And you hadn't had a therapist up until that. I had had a therapist, but I wasn't on medication. And and my therapist and I had kind of talked about that. I had a lot of stigma relating to medication. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I just thought taking medication was admitting that I had a problem and I didn't want to admit that, but it's not really a problem. It's just a different way of experiencing the world. Mm -hmm. And I think medication gives you another different way of experiencing the world. And for a lot of people makes them, you know, feel better. And for me, woof, I feel a lot better. So (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking for a sign. (laughs) And hopefully just in in talking about this, um, you know, we're eradicating some of the stigma surrounding if you need medication, if you need mental health, talk therapy, whatever you need, that it's okay to seek it out. And just because you have doesn't mean that that's the situation that's going to always be existing for you. It might be what you need in that time. It might be what you need later. It might not be. So I think it's really refreshing to hear that. And hopefully people can understand I, I almost think of it like having, and this is very simple, by the way, but um, like having a cold, like you, can, you can't imagine being like, I don't want to take like cold medication because I don't want to have a cold. It's like, well, like you, but you do have a cold. Um, and I know there's obviously some empathy involved, like mental health um, and realizing that like I have this issue. But at the end of the day, I mean, your your brain is a part of your body. And if it's not well, that's the most important thing, right? There, mm-hmm. Ideally, there should be no stigma surrounding right. yeah. what you need. And I think a lot of the attitude, too, is like, oh, I can beat this. Like right. like, like it is with a cold. Like, mm-hmm. I can beat this. It's right. not a big deal. Same with mental health. Like, I can do it. Like, I, I alone can battle this monster. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, maybe you can. And, and, and some people do with time. But some people can't. Sometimes the monster is just too big. And that's when you have to, you know, say... Okay. <laughs> I truly think <laughs> I truly think and this is going a little bit off topic for a second, but that like people who have the courage to seek help is like the strongest thing you can do. It shows like vulnerability and like I don't know, just like so like you're willing to admit that like you need other people in your life, which I think mm-hmm. is so important. That and that's actually 
what we're all about here is like you need those connections to thrive mm-hmm. and you need friendships and you need other you like you need others yeah um yeah I mean and sorry to flip that side of the story too like when your brain's unwell you can absolutely be receiving messages telling you that you need the exact opposite of what you actually true. do need for healing so your body's telling you not to connect and if you have anxiety or depression or anything that's very common for people um it can be saying hey like let's isolate so um it's absolutely like a yeah it's a very difficult thing to mm-hmm. fight against those um, messages that your your brain's sending you. And again, um, I'm going to tout like medication if you need it at work. Sometimes, like, <laughs> sometimes you need that. Sometimes, in the yeah. um, sometimes that's what you need. Um, and I know that's not always like a popular message, <laughs> but um, especially as Americans, we tend to want to like tough it out and go yeah. it alone. But yeah. like mm-hmm. you're saying at the friendship circle, we really are about connection and that yeah. empathy towards what you need in your mental health journey. Right. And you can go it alone if that's your preferred way of doing it, but you don't have to. And yeah. I think that's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you a lot of people with different needs like to go yeah. it alone and that's okay. But if you need somebody at a certain time in your life, that's also okay to like admit that and need that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Carrie, you hit on something um, that I think was really important and you said it was manageable and it was okay. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. like, absolutely. The definition of a mental health disorder is not necessarily just showing those symptoms. It's how is it affecting your life in a very significant way? Mm-hmm. Is it negatively affecting you at work and in your social life, et cetera? And if the answers to those are yes, and you're checking those off in your head, then, then, yeah, you should probably go talk to somebody. Right, right. <laughs> you kind of mentioned um, kind of how um, your mental health changed as like the pandemic was lightening up. So how do you think that your mental health continues um, to kind of affect your daily life? Yeah, I think that's kind of a really good segue to what we were just talking about. You know, I think anxiety has always affected my daily life, if I'm being honest. And a little bit of anxiety can be really healthy for people, you know, can motivate you to get out of bed. Like for me, I have anxiety if I don't put my eyelashes on in the morning. So I have to get out of bed to do that so I can come to work prepared. And there's certain ways that it it fuels me and is healthy for me. And I think there's other ways that it's not. And, you know, when my mental health was at its worst, it affected my daily life in my inability to really live my life. You know, I would not want to get up and go to work and I really didn't want to, you know, be out in public. I think that was a huge thing for me. I didn't want people to see me struggling and there was no visual cues really. I don't think anybody would have been able to tell. It was just like this feeling. I felt very like raw and vulnerable and like I was walking through life naked almost. Like everybody was just like seeing that I wasn't okay. And it prevented me from, you know, having fun with friends. Like we had talked about, it really made me really want to isolate myself. So in the thick of it, it was affecting my daily life in a way that just wasn't healthy. And I think now it, in small doses, you know, everything in moderation, anxiety moderation is good too. It, It helps me and it motivates me, but it's not debilitating me or making me unable to have experiences that I want to have. And I think that's an important distinction. Like once you have the control over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's, it's also place. like something that you're maintaining, I would imagine on a daily basis. Yeah. Because I know myself, like I have to check in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my own mental health journey with like depression started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, and you're really speaking into a lot of experiences that I had growing up that honestly coming from my family, um, genetically, like we have, we all have similar issues, mm-hmm. right? So you're existing in a family and maybe you're not recognizing that 
it's not a normal situation, but getting out as a young adult and saying, hey, like when I go to the store and I'm there for five to 10 minutes and I have to leave, like that's not a normal experience for other people. Correct. Um, I think that's very important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even maybe our listeners are hearing this and they're saying, hey, like, but I'm, but I'm getting by. Um, hopefully, again, hitting on that preventative care, like, um, yeah getting by versus thriving. Like we hope the best for everybody, yeah. right? especially and during you can the pandemic. Thrive. Right. Yeah. I think checking in is a good way to put it. Like I know that if I'm feeling anxious throughout the day, there's like a certain threshold that I should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. If I've been like perseverating on a certain problem for like 24 hours straight, I'm like, oh, okay, this is something that maybe isn't like healthy for me right now. Or if, you know, I have anxiety about a big project coming up, that's a little different to me because I'm like, this is manageable and this can exist without it being a problem. Absolutely. And then, uh, again, like racing thoughts combined with anxiety, uh, OCD tendencies. So if if things are stuck, stuck in your head and they're just going and going and going, um, yeah, that can be tough, especially during the pandemic when you don't have those social connections. Well, and at the height of my mental health journey in in. COVID especially, I remember describing my mental health or not my mental health, describing my brain as like an eight lane highway. I was like, there's traffic going in every direction. There's cars everywhere. There's an accident bound to happen. Like I just remember like thinking my, my brain was this like maze, like this labyrinth of sorts. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get through it. And that was another, you know, just like sign for me that I needed help. (laughs) Um, you mentioned before that sometimes it's just like hard to get out of bed and, and exist. So what helps you get through those like more challenging days and times and kind of what brings you healing um, when those typical like suggested methods don't really work for you? Yeah, I think looking back to COVID and kind of the beginning of it, something that really stood out in my mind was I felt like I was trying everything. So when you say like typical methods, I feel like a lot of people say, like, when you're experiencing really intense depression or anxiety, like, seek a therapist, exercise, eat well, drink a lot of water, talk to friends, be honest about your feelings. A lot of advice that's really valid, but I felt like I was doing it all. Like, if I had a checklist of things people should do for anxiety and depression, everything was checked off, except for medication, which I ended up doing, but not for a year. So it, it was one of those things where I kept getting stuck in my brain of like, I'm trying everything. I'm doing everything. You know, I, I'm getting out of bed. I'm exercising. I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm talking to a therapist. I'm being honest with my friends about how I feel. And I still go to bed every night feeling this way. So what, you know, what, what gives, what needs to happen next? So I think now, you know, something that helps me get through those challenging times is I said, I listen, I came up with this in therapy and I'm really proud of myself for it. So I'm going to say, I need to start picturing my life like an ocean and not a mountain. I used to picture my life as something I was like, there was this peak and I was climbing towards it and I was never going to reach it. And a lot of this, like just kind of living day to day was insurmountable to me. And I think what's helped me is to kind of shift that and think like, okay, no, life is kind of an ocean. Like it's carrying me. Sometimes waves are going to be really big and like, overwhelm me but at the end of the day like here I am and I'm safe and I'm floating you know obviously in my ocean there's not like sharks or anything like (laughs) it's just like a pool of water but that's the theory that kind of like helps me get through the day is that 
there's going to be hard times. There's going to be good times. And I think, you know, when I am going through a more challenging time, being honest with myself about what I can handle and what I need to like give to somebody else, like what I need to like tell my therapist and leave in therapy or what I need to like tell my, you know, friends and and say like, I can't talk about this for a few days or like, this is really stressing me out. Like I need to set a boundary and it's not, you know, it's not always easy. I think that that's kind of the theme of this episode too, is that it life just kind of does have to go on and you kind of have to figure out how to deal with it day to day. But you know, that's what we should call it. Life has to go on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the things that bring me healing are like knowing that there's nothing that is insurmountable right now. Like I really can keep going. Like life is going to carry me. I just like have to get through it. Mm -hmm. And whatever that looks like for me is okay. If that looks like crying a lot, like that's okay. As long as, as long as I am, you know, like taking care of myself, like, and knowing what, what my limits are. (laughs) Absolutely. I saw something on the internet yesterday and it was like, I'm tired of telling people that I'm good and I'm okay. And like, I'm having a great day and I want to get more comfortable just saying like, I'm having a day or like, (laughs) I'm tired or like just checking in and being more honest that again, normalizing varying feelings. I think in American society, we tend to be very productivity oriented till we grind to a halt because we've ignored, we've like ignored parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. that are important. But like for, like for me, Mental health means like checking in and telling people a little bit more honestly, like how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, I don't know. You're, no, you're good. I mean, not that you're like complaining, but like we're honest. And I feel like in our office here too, we're like very honest. Like, how was your day? No, actually, I'm having a tough day. Like I am. Yeah, <laughs> like, I have a lot okay. of work to do, or I have a lot of stuff yeah, going on. Just like stress. Yeah, yeah. and like. um testing those waters of your office culture. If you don't have those, I would really encourage it. <laughs> My husband was talking to me yesterday. He's like, your company, it seems like such a healthy place to be in. <laughs> if you don't have that, it doesn't mean necessarily that you can't create that by right. starting your own like norms surrounding mental health and like what you talk about right. and what you're comfortable with. And I think what the people we're surrounded with at Friendship Circle is they're very intentional yeah. about wanting to understand things, even if they don't. Mm-hmm. And that is really important. If somebody is like eager to listen and understand things, then like ha- you're halfway there. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's really hard to like start from ground zero with somebody who maybe doesn't want to understand yeah, right. what you're going through. Everyone that walks through friendship circle, like cares to some capacity. I feel like that's always the first thing is like, you just have to care about, something <laughs> right. Right. Um, and if you don't feel like you have them in your life come on over to the friendship circle <laughs> membership is free membership <laughs> is free for all uh, but I think Kara I want to hit on this again because I think you hit right the nail on the head really important in understanding mental health and just as long as you're trying to understand somebody else's story it doesn't mean you're going to get it perfect it doesn't mm-hmm. mean automatically people are very hesitant because they don't want to say the right or the the wrong thing um you're trying you're listening you're connecting like if you take anything yeah. from this podcast and understanding people's stories and yourself i think it would be that right and i think it's it's important like so one of the diagnoses that i did get was ocd and i think for a lot of people they don't understand that and what i always say is like you don't have to understand it you don't have to like have the textbook in front of you and get everything that goes through it if you just like can relate to me a little bit and kind of know like what things you know might like 
might might be a problem for me or might just like be me needing you in that moment like that's okay. That's a great place to start. I don't need you to like have the DSM five out in front of you, right. like understanding you know everything. I just need you to like know me personally and yeah. like what might be something that I need help with. And yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. I think that's again, like that's everybody with mental health struggles. Know me as a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Kara, would you say that there's a difference between having like bad mental health um, and mental illness? And if you do think so, what are those differences? Yeah, so I think something um, Maggie Feinstein from the 1027 Healing Project talks about this a lot. She has this chart, and if there's a way for me to like show it to people, I would love to. <laughs> but it's essentially like just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you're having having bad mental health and just because you have bad mental health doesn't necessarily mean you have a mental illness so there's a way like i've been kind of touching on like i have been diagnosed with a mental illness but my mental health generally right now is very good like i'm i'm living i have a great boyfriend he's very cute like i have a cool dog like i'm reaching out to people when i need help like i'm having good days most days and that means a lot to me right now because i was having bad days most days you know two years ago but I think, you know, there's also certain times where you can have like a really bad mental health period, whether that's like situational, you're going through a really hard time, you know, COVID happened and life is crazy and you're just having like bad mental health. It doesn't necessarily mean that you do have a mental illness. It could. And if you feel like you might need a little additional support or if you might need to find out, you can and you should. And that's totally normal and healthy. But I think, you know, there's a lot of um, like a lot of people misconstrue, like if you have a mental illness, that you're always having bad mental health days. And I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, like once they find that out about themselves, it's actually the opposite. They kind Mm -hmm. of, you know start to free themselves from those bad mental health days, whether that's through medication or honestly just coming to terms with the fact that like your problems are a little bit more serious than you might've thought. Sometimes that's really like liberating to realize like it's okay not to be okay. Like we say all the time, if I'm not going to be okay, like what can I do? Like what, what, what needs to be done? Mm -hmm. If, if I'm having a really bad day, like what is the one thing that I can hold on to that? Like I know, is going to like make me wake up tomorrow and try again. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and for most people, it's dogs, right? No, it's not <laughs> <laughs> right, like, I have to get up tomorrow because my dog will be sad if I don't. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> no, actually, you're right. It's not. <laughs> Um, Kara, do you have any like recommendations for our listeners kind of just navigating like post pandemic um, kind of mental health and things like that? I guess my biggest thing, and I mean, I'm not a licensed mental health professional. I need to say that out loud, but I I think something that I just personally think is really important is like processing. Like if the, if the pandemic was hard for you or if there's like emotions that it brought up or anything, I think just like processing that is so important to like admit to yourself that, you know, maybe like hard things happened or I mean, I can't stress this enough. The pandemic was like a total 
um, glitch in the simulation. <laughs> like, 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 it was not normal. It was not no, normal for no. us to be dealing with that when we were dealing with it. You know, it was like, oh, we'll be back in two weeks, and here we are, two years later, like still dealing with <laughs> with effects from the pandemic, and that's a big deal. And you know, a lot of people miss their senior prom and miss their yeah. graduation and missed really big milestones. And it's okay to still be sad about that years right. later. And I think. You know, that's that's the thing is if there's like unresolved emotions, you know, sit with them for a minute and 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 maybe, you know, maybe just talk them out with somebody or just say like, hey, this is really hard for me. And I don't think I ever said it out loud because I think a lot of the pandemic was us feeling guilt about being sad because everybody was going through the same thing. So it was like, oh, I can't be sad that I missed my graduation because everybody in my class missed their graduation. But mm-hmm. you can and everybody in your class can be too. You know, it's 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 real for all of us to hold space for those emotions together. And as horrible as COVID was, it was unifying in that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of us were able to, you know, be honest with each other about how we were feeling. And I think don't forget that now that things are going back to normal is kind of what I, how I feel like, Uh, don't forget how unifying that was, even though it sucked, it was unifying in a bad way. It sucked, (laughs) but but we were all like, we all kept saying like, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So I felt that so strong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think now we're kind of going back to that, like individualistic, you know, kind of, which is, you know, everything has its place, (laughs) but, but, you know, don't forget that you you were Mm -hmm. all, there for I mean there for each other in a way even if it was just experiencing similar things. right and try to be still if people need you to be I think yeah. that's important yeah mm-hmm. so Kara I'm listening to you and I know you mentioned boundaries before and I think that's super important and I know many people have had different reactions to the way others have interacted with them during the pandemic so how do you communicate your boundaries um, how do you communicate your healthy anxiety to other people yeah I think what I've noticed about kind of like living in a post-covid world is that a lot of like health anxiety kind of ebbs and flows you know some weeks you feel like everything's really okay and it's true too like some weeks in your area everything really is okay and then all of a sudden like it goes to some sort of red zone and that's Mm -hmm. just you know speaking about covid but I think we've all kind of learned like what our boundaries are and like when we're feeling unsafe in a certain area, you know, that, that comes up and that's real. So I think something that I've learned is communicating that to other people is, is really effective. And it's hard because like you said, everybody has different opinions of how to handle COVID now that it's quote unquote over, like it's not over, but we're kind of moving on. So people are in different stages of kind of dealing with that. So I think it's just important to, recognize your own personal, you know, um, limit when it comes to being social and wearing a mask and social distancing and using hand sanitizer, whatever it is like for you, never apologize for communicating something that makes you feel safer. I think safety is so important when it comes to mental health, like having those lifelines and feeling comfortable and feeling secure. And if there's something you need to help you feel safe, even if you're like, hey, I want to go to the mall with you, but can we both wear masks? Like never hurts to ask. And I think if it's going to make you feel a little bit more comfortable at the end of the day, I think you should do it. (laughs) That's my advice. Also, I feel like um, I have siblings who deal with anxiety or who live with anxiety. And I think part of it, um, one of my sisters actually didn't go to school for like a year and a half because of it um, and missed out on most of her middle school. And 
people just like didn't understand like mm-hmm. why she would stay home. But she was very, very nervous about COVID. And I think even the fact, like, forget COVID itself. Like, even the fact that she was just so nervous to be around people is enough to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's enough to take into account. Like, even if she wasn't going to die of COVID, like, her feeling that extreme anxiety to, like, the point of, like, consistent discomfort is, like, enough to un- to be understanding. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, to respect that boundary. People would, like you know, laugh at, like, the way that she would, like, always wear a mask around everybody, even if they were really far apart. And it's just, like, no, just, like, respect it. Like, well, she's nervous. And it goes beyond COVID. I have a friend who really um, has a lot of health anxiety when it comes to allergies. She just thinks, like, a lot of things have nuts in them and 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 is really nervous about that. And that's something that, you know, is hard for a lot of people in her life to, like, have empathy with. But it's one of those things where, you know, it's her health anxiety. She's dealing with it. Like, she's working on it separately. But in the meantime, if we can just check that what we bring over doesn't have nuts in it, like, it, it's fine. Like, we can all just, like, live a little bit happier. Right. And, like, it may seem silly to you. But, you know, I think it's, it, it's okay to say to somebody, like, hey, this is serious. I think you should deal with it while also being like I'm gonna help you out yeah. like I'm gonna mm-hmm. wear a mask I'm gonna not right. bring nuts around you like I'm gonna like <laughs> and like it's a similar question but you also mentioned before um like communicating the way that you hope you're that you wish or hope that your friends can understand your mental health mm-hmm. how would you communicate that like you gave an example of I think it was OCD that you were talking mm-hmm. about like how what's that like What's that like? Like, how do you even bring that up? Yeah. Well, I think a big thing with me was, you know, I was kind of, I I got into a, a serious relationship in December of 2020 and I went on medication in February. So like we had only been dating for a few months and that was something that I really had to navigate of like, okay, I have to be honest with this person who's really only known me for a few months about like some really serious things going on in my life. Like I have to communicate this. And I think that was one thing like with my partner, especially I was like, if I have like something about OCD is that a lot of like my anxious thoughts I have to act on. So if I'm feeling like I'm really anxious that the floors are dirty. Like I will vacuum right then and there. Like there's no waiting for me a lot of the time and I am medicated and like, I'm, you know, that's something that has gotten a lot better. But like, if I have something that I feel like I need to do or that's making me anxious, like I do it immediately. And that's something that was hard to communicate like to my partner who I'm now living with is like, I, I love you. And if we're having a serious conversation, I want to finish it. But if something is like really mm-hmm. nagging me or like there's something in the back of my mind, like we need to table what we're talking about until I get it done mm-hmm. for now. Like, and if it's something you want me to work on, I will. But like, let me tell you right now that if I see, if I see a piece of pet hair on the floor while you're telling me something serious, like I will get up and get out the <laughs> vacuum. So I just like, I like need us to, you know, it's something that you don't want to disrespect other people either. Like if your anxiety makes you, you know, not want to talk to anyone for 24 hours and that hurts somebody else's feelings. Like that's a conversation, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. sometimes I do want to shut myself in a room for two hours. But if I do that, like I have to say to people, Hey, like I'm going to be alone for the next two hours. And if you really need me, like definitely reach out, but don't, if you don't (laughs) like right now, that's what I need. It's just a matter of like communicating that. That's so important. I tell my husband all the time that, um, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. And like, we're working on it, but like, Mm -hmm. 
this is the information that you need to know about me. Like, right. The behavior doesn't look so desirable in the moment. It's not, but this is why it's happening. Well, and I think that's something like mental health isn't, or mental illness is not always a justification for your behavior. So if there's something that you're doing that's problematic and you're like, oh, it's because I have anxiety. Sometimes it's still not okay. But I think also like saying out loud when you know that it's not okay makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the way you react to somebody like in an argument initially, like for me, sometimes I know that what I said was not okay. And I think just saying like, Ooh, I know that was not okay. Like me having this mental illness does not excuse what I just said to you. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Like I'm going to try to be better next time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we're throwing out some good advice. Um, Kara, do you want to share um, a favorite song or book or hobby or quote that's kind of like helped you um, kind of work through your mental health and bring you some joy in those moments? Yes, I have two words and that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Taylor Swift <laughs> has changed my life. And I will say, I was I was saying this when, when I was asking me like, something before, Taylor Swift has just like had the same evolution that a lot of us young women have had. Like she, you know, like was like, oh, love, it's awesome, it's great. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to be really petty for a minute and then she was like "Mm, I'm in love again it's great and then most recently and this this really really relates to what we're talking about she was like I've gone through some trauma and I'm gonna process it and I'm gonna let you in on that and and honestly I'll say it folklore and evermore could not have come out at a more perfect time (laughs) because very relatable you're the second guest in a row to tell us that T-Swift is changing their life. Yeah, Heather, I think we... Oh! Okay, so the next... We we sometimes record out of order, so um, the (laughs) The person who's going to be upcoming, yeah. I, I need you to might, check out this album. Again. That's yeah. so, so, <laughs> so good. I actually haven't Both listened to that one yet. I need to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to. Yeah. That's so homework nice. for anyone listening to yes. this. Yes. Don't, don't talk albums. to me about the podcast. Right. Over the <laughs> over <laughs> over like a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think somebody else on this podcast, it might, have, it might have been Ursula. Somebody told me to listen to, oh, my gosh, maybe, like, Florence and the Machines, like, new... New-ish mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Did you? really good. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> we should make everyone, well, we get, like, lots of different, like, song, rock, yeah, we need to make, like, a Friends on Air um, playlist. You know what? It's actually maybe time to do that again. Last year, we did um, a collaborative Friendship Circle staff playlist oh. where everybody picked five of their favorite songs, and we made it into, like, a that huge Spotify so playlist. Let's do it again. We'll yeah. do it. Can we? We have <laughs> a tailbeat. <laughs> <laughs> and then here at Friendship Circle... Um, our core mission is kind of just being a good friend and kind of seeking out those connections with others. Um, so how do you think that friendship and connection with others has played a role in your life for your mental health journey? I've actually been really excited about this question <laughs> um, because one of the people that truly like was there with me beginning to end in my mental health journey was Drew Armstrong, who did this podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. And oh, they were just like, by my side day after day after day and not doing anything like, you know, out of the norm of just being my friend, but having a friend to just be there for me was so like impactful. And I remember one night, this is my favorite story to tell. And Drew's always like, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I remember it, Kara. But we went and we did this like walking tour of Carnegie Mellon. It was like one in the morning. I had been crying since 9 a.m. Like it was just a bad time. Like everything was bad. And Drew was like, let's go, let's go somewhere. And just like got me out of the car, took me on this walking tour of CMU. And I was like, that just helped me so much to have an hour of just like listening to somebody else talk. <laughs> and like Wait, there was a walking tour at one o'clock in the morning. No, he like <laughs> like like Drew gave me the tour. Oh, yeah, like true. Drew yeah. had this like on lock in in, <laughs> in his head. He was like, I know this information and I I'm going to tell you it oh, right now for an hour. Tour yes. Oh. And so we went to CMU and like, it was so, so nice. amazing. Drew. I was just like, it's so nice. Like I, I didn't even know I needed that. And I Wait, think Drew didn't even go to CMU. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a lot of information in that little head. <laughs> and I think it was just one of those things where like so many times throughout that journey, Drew was just like, okay, I don't know if you need this, but let's do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's sweet because, and this is a, a true display of friendship because Drew referenced you a lot when he spoke about like important friends in his life. That was like a big part of his discussion was like, connection mm -hmm. so yeah, we've really gone through the ringer together <laughs> but sometimes True that's friendship. what you need yeah yeah and I think friendship is is just I mean it's such a beautiful thing like it's it's so beautiful to have that person that's there for you and that you can be honest with and that you can be goofy with or just like say really weird things around and they're yeah. like ha 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 <laughs> 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 it's not funny like <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing and like it's so amazing that the friendship circle works to promote that because having a friend is 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 more important than anything I mean yeah. really if, no matter what you're going through if you have a friend it makes it just a little bit easier and that that matters and that's something I feel like we can always become better at is like being that friend that other people can have like mm -hmm. being somebody who's like understanding of mental health challenges somebody that can communicate these things like you were um, saying before. I have a friend, like the first, whenever we talk on the phone, the first thing is like, so how is therapy? <laughs> That's just like the automatic. And it's so nice to have those people that you know are just like, like non-judgmental, there for you no matter what. It's important to surround yourself. Awesome. Yeah, like that day I ran out of the Target, you know, like telling Drew. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, interesting. Yeah. We're going to get through it, though. Yeah. I mean, being like strength-based, I'm like, you make it five minutes, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, like let's try for six. Minutes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love hearing you guys talk about, like, missions of friendship and how you connect with others. And I just want to say, like, for me, like, during a really bad time in my life, like, one of my really severe depressive episodes, my BFF forever, my sister-in-law would just sit Aww. with me and she wouldn't say anything. Cause like I, for me, my depression was very like physically exhausting. Like everybody mm -hmm. has different symptoms, but mm -hmm. like it was very hard for me even to speak. And like in my brain having anxiety too, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't like think of anything. And that mm -hmm. like, she sat next to me the whole time for hours on end and just like we were there together or we we're walking around the mall or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so now when I'm together with her being like a spaz that I am now, <laughs> like um, doing weird stuff, like just doing like karate kicks, like in the middle of the mall <laughs> instead of like walking. Um, I think like I'm happy for the good times, like so grateful, but also like part of friendship is sitting through those sometimes uncomfortable times because she told me like, she was a little uncomfortable. Like she didn't know what to say. Yeah. Like again, all the normal human experiences yeah. we go through, 
friendship is messy. It's being uncomfortable. It's being unconditionally like caring, whatever yeah. that looks like for That's, you. It makes so me, true. It makes me think of like wedding vows, like sickness and health, like <laughs> thick and thin. Like I don't know where they got those from, but like <laughs> but that extends to friendship. Like I would marry my friends so we could say those vows to one another. Like, like it should be friendship weddings. Yes, yeah, like it matters. That would be like, so fun. <laughs> like we cannot be good all the time. <laughs> we just can't be. Yeah. So find the people who will ride the roller coaster yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good way to end this. Thank you, Kara, for being so willing to contribute and share your experiences. Um, Just a quick recap. In today's episode, we talked about kind of navigating your mental health throughout the pandemic, both kind of in the thick of it during quarantine and also as it's lightened up over the past few months. We hope that you'll continue to grow with us as we share our inspirational friendship and mental health stories and resources in our future episodes. If you'd like to hear more stories and episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast. Wishing you well, and thanks for being a part of our friendship family. Signing Signing off from Friends on Air!